0: everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS in the Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. Joining me for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So Shane, it's great to be back with you. Thank you for dropping by the podcast and Looking forward to our conversation.
1: Great to be with you, Dan. I hope you're well. I hope everyone out there is doing well as well.
0: Thank you, Shane. So I know there's a lot going on, a lot to catch up on. Maybe we can begin earlier this week. I believe it was on Tuesday. We did see that President Biden took the stage down in Georgia in ever <clears> effort <throat> to promote federal voting rights legislation. We've been hearing more about this as the week has gone on. But what were some of the key takeaways from the president's speech? And what might the road ahead for this initiative look like, Shane? Yeah,
1: this uh, speech is... In Georgia was uh, kind of a kickoff uh, to this effort Uh, you know when I say kickoff what I really mean is you know um, a last push to see if they could get uh, this voting rights legislation across the finish line and he was trying to stir up um, uh, support from Democrat voters to hopefully you know urge uh, Democrats to essentially uh, move forward and eliminate the filibuster uh, for this issue to move forward. Um, since then, you know, uh, the House has again passed uh, this legislation uh, to set, tee it up for the Senate to vote uh, on it. And uh, just before uh, I joined you, Senator Sinema went to the Senate floor to say that she would not be in favor and support uh, the changing of the filibuster rules. So, you know, as we expected, you know, this is uh, seems to be run in the course of, it will be a failed effort for Democrats to um, eliminate, eliminate the full buster rules as it relates to this uh, voting rights legislation, and therefore it's not going to pass. You know, the speech um, actually, you know, um, you know um, didn't uh, go according to plan, we'll say. Um There was some pushback. Uh, President Biden you know, uh, some believed he was comparing, you know, uh, Republicans uh, and those who oppose this voting rights legislation uh, to segregationists. Even the number two Senate Democrat, you know, pushed back a little and said his rhetoric went a little too far. So at the end of the day, this kind of um, there's still more to play out here, but it it seems to be on the path we uh, always believed it would be, which is. Um, it not uh, progressing to the point where it's passed into law.
0: Okay, well, Shane, thank you for the clarity there, and I understand the president is meeting with Senate Democrats on this matter today, so perhaps something we can follow up on. I know healthcare officials this week, including CDC Director Walensky, as well as Dr. Fauci, uh, they testified before the Senate. At times, a bit of heated exchanges, as we've seen in the past when Dr. Fauci has testified before the Senate, but What was the nature of this particular testimony, Shane, and what were some of the key highlights and takeaways?
1: Yeah, this was before the Senate uh, Health, Education, Labor, and Pension Committee, uh, and it was held on Tuesday. And both Democrats and Republicans really demanded that uh, um, there be better communication on a variety of issues. You know, the rules for testing, the rules for isolating and quarantining, um, better communication to, you know, uh, what kind of masks should be warned, etc. So, you know, uh, even Senator Patty Murray, the chair of the committee, you know, expressed uh, frustration about um, the guidance that was being put forward by the CDC regarding isolation and quarantine. And of course, you know, as as was expected, a lot of the headlines surrounded uh, Senator Rand Paul uh, and his exchange with uh, Dr. Fauci. You know, I think that is uh, sometimes takes away from obviously, you know, the really, uh, meaty issues that you're asking about what, what happened there. So I think at the end of the day, you know, it was good for these health officials to hear from both sides that, you know, the lack of clarity on communication is causing a lot of, uh, confusion among millions of Americans about what, you know, there should be doing if they want to try and act responsibly. So, you know, um, I think we'll we'll continue to see this go back and forth between uh, Congress and uh, these health officials uh, as you see that both lawmakers and Americans continually grow frustrated with the uh, length of the of um, COVID in our lives, and and that frustration is really you know. Um, coming to the surface level.
0: Maybe ending outside of our borders, Shane, we've been tracking tensions. This is with respect to geopolitics, tensions involving Russia and the Ukraine. That was the focus during U.S.-Russia talks uh, that recently took place. Was there a commitment to de-escalate? Any progress come out of those talks?
1: Yeah, so these talks were held at the beginning of the week, and I think they lasted some seven hours. You know, um, it was done by you know uh, on the u.s side the u.s deputy secretary of state wendy sherman and her counterpart the russian deputy foreign minister um you know and at the end of the day you know both sides you know really it came away there were no progress was made but you know what sometimes that is a positive here right you know where um no one walked away from the table saying you know the other side is uh you know at, at fault here uh you know both sides are sticking strong to their position. You know, the Russians want clear uh, commitments, you know, and legal binding commitments that, uh, you know, the, the states of uh, the countries of Georgia and Ukraine won't be allowed into into NATO. You know, Russia continues to be concerned that uh, the West keeps creeping east in their minds. You know, Russia still kind of has this uh, mentality of that they that, They were better off under the USSR and, you know, they kind of want to, we'll say, get the band back together, you know, and, you know, the U.S. obviously is very concerned about Russia's um, march westward, you know, into Ukraine, which is a sovereign nation and the buildup of troops on their border. You know, I think this was um, a healthy beginning to conversations, but, you know, no real progress, but also nothing... um, uh, truly frightening or, or, or detrimental to the relationship so you know uh, as you know keeping the lines of communication open uh, is key in these diplomatic relations so you know i think this was a, a good precursor um, to a higher level talk you know whether that be between the secretary of state and the russian foreign minister or between the principals which be president biden and vladimir putin um, so as, as you and I like to say often, this is, an, this is one we'll definitely be talking about for uh, weeks and months to come.
0: Absolutely. Now, to your point, dialogue is constructive. There will be more talk, so we will see where this goes, and we will track it. Shane, always great catching up with you. Thank you for dropping by the podcast today, keeping us up to speed on a variety of topics. Plenty here I'm sure we will follow up on next week. Looking forward to it. In the meantime, wish you a nice weekend, Shane. Thanks again.
1: Thank you, Dan. And
0: again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So, as a reminder to our listeners and our clients, please be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication, which can be located on ubs.com forward slash Washington Weekly. The Washington Weekly podcast is part of the UBS In the Now podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including
1: As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements.